There are some very noticeable hot topics that are being handled delicately by the Wizards of the Coast. But not us. We include them in our homebrew campaign world. It makes for good storytelling. Buckle up, because it's five hot topics that are alive and well in our homebrew campaign world. This week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Good morning, dojo. Good. Well, you don't normally broadcast or record this early. We, we don't. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee. I'm tired as well. It was uh, on the ride here from Shady Pines. They were uh, giving <laughs> Bill his IV coffee. Yeah, you think those little hoops are above the seats are for like a handhold? Nope, those are for the IV bags. Well, so, wait. Quick disclaimer: We're going to piss people off. Yeah, more more so than than, than usual. usual. Yeah, um, this, but you know what? It's approach this with an open mind. Kid gloves. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about kid gloves. No, nah, just an open mind. Yeah. Yeah, we're not kid gloves kind of people. When you're listening. Yeah, approach it with an open mind. Yes. It's it's not it's not as bad as you're going to think. And we still have a we, we're still trying to give a bunch of stuff away. We are trying to give a bunch yeah. of stuff away. I tell you what, Scott, why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? In celebration of 1 year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four Crown Royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchies, Out of the Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rad Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. We realize we may have asked a lot of you initially, so here's the new and improved way to enter the epic giveaway. Simply go to thedungeonmastersdojo.com, our home on the web, and send us a message you will automatically be entered into the giveaway for a chance to win. After we receive 500 messages, we will draw one lucky winner. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That is one epic giveaway. It is, and it is so easy to be entered into it as well. So tell your friends. By all means. Got a gaming table? Right before you start, have your friends... Go to our website, send us an email. Yep. And they're entered too. And you could have a chance to fully furnish your entire gaming group. Here's a mini challenge. If you do have your entire table do it, do it all at once. And we want to see player number one, player number two, player number three, player number four. So we know how many people are at your table. And we know an entire table did it because we haven't gotten that yet. And tell us we what haven't. campaign you're running. Yeah. 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 Tell us we're running cool. this. Yeah. Little title, campaign, you know, name, and, 
and player one, player two, and then write something. So we know an actual table did it because no one's done that yet. And I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, let us know what you're yeah. playing at that yep. table. You know, what's what's the game, but what's your, your race, your class? Your genre. Doesn't yeah, matter. Let us know. Fill too. us in. We got a lot of genres being covered. Speaking of covering a lot of stuff, shall we delve into it? I'm gonna I'm gonna cue you up. I'm here's the soapbox. I'm gonna make one statement and let you have at it. Okay. Okay. Session zero. Session zero. Yeah, this is everything we're going to talk about today on this episode should be covered in your session zero. If you're going to include any of this to- these topics, and and honestly, I think you should. And and here's why. And I'm going to use an example I rarely use, but. Star Trek The Next Generation, their first season was absolute shit. And why was it absolute shit? Because there was no drama. There was no conflict, right? There's no conflict means there's no drama. No drama means boring. So include these things. I encourage you to because we did like all over the map. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And, and I think it, it does. It adds a sense of realism to your world. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds um, conflict. Conflict means drama. Drama means good storytelling. Right. And that equals not boring. It, it, it does. Who wants a boring campaign where everybody gets along, nobody has different opinions on anything, the yeah. cultures are all vanilla. Yeah, and all you do is go out there, beat up a monster, get your experience points, pick up a little loot, and move on to the next one. Yeah. It's and and you know what? Maybe you don't beat up the monster. Maybe you find out that the monster is misunderstood. There you go. And you and you talk out the problems just like during the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, which was a steaming pile of shit. Um, Lou, you get the impression that we're going to have to contend with this for quite a bit. But he, he's I'm in one of those that. moods. He's been hasn't been one of these moods in a while. But when they when they started building conflict into their storylines. And drama, and now we have now we had like six really good, good seasons. So that's it. That's got it. Got out of your system. I think. I let's think let's I get back to the point. It. It. it, it um, All right. Let's cover it in your session zero. Yes. Right? You, we say this Important. a lot, and there's a reason why we harp on this. And I think that by this point, after 170 something episodes, we are harping on it. But it is that important, especially when it dealing is. delving into this. There are people at your table that may not want to be included in your scenario if some of these things are prevalent in the storyline. It just may rub them the wrong way, and you got to accept that. And that, and that's that's fine if you try to explain how you're going to go about it, and it doesn't become an overall sweeping. This is what everything's about. It is part of the drama. It's part of the story that that embellishes. Uh, then, hopefully, you can address these these particular subjects and and come to a resolution in your conflict and not piss off any of your players. It takes a lot of uh, trust on the players' part and their it does. DM to handle these taste tastefully. Tastefully, you know, yeah. and it's it's tricky. It's more of an art form than a science handling a distasteful topic tastefully. So let's get right into it, shall we? These these are these are some hot topics that are alive and well in our homebrew world, and we we did so. We included these because we of our group, right? Our our gaming group, we think can handle these 
topics tastefully without being offended. Well, they're and also I, pre- presented tastefully as well. That's and that and that's the key, right? So, number one, slavery. Slavery, right? We when we developed our our campaign world, we know that uh, slavery was a big part of of history here on this on this planet. Yes. So we base the economies of two nations, particularly on on slavery, on the slave trade. Well, one one of them slavery, the other one's more indentured servitude. Not much of a distinction, depending on which yeah. side of the coin you're on. Yeah. Um, the Prenigines are slave traders. Correct. So are the, uh, Farinasi or Saranasi. Sorry. The, um, I was thinking Pellerinth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Big, well, the, big they, slave they, trading well, nations, the empire of swords has, right. that's your indentured, indentured that's your indentured servitude, yeah. which is slavery by another name. Yes. You know, it's a difference between John and Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided that, okay, we're going to start including these things in as a piece of the culture to add different flavors to the culture. Sure, we could have gone in a different direction than, than slavery, but we, we did with the rest of the world. Um, how, did we, how did we handle this tastefully? I, well, I think one of the big things about slavery that seems to go hand in hand and in a lot of cases should not is torture. Mm-hmm. And we didn't include torture in our slavery, at least not overtly. Right. You know, it wasn't out there where it was, that's how you handled things. Um, And I think that's probably one of the, you know, the biggest problems that is associated with slavery is you become a piece of property as opposed to a resource. Yeah, you're mistreated. And I I think in our world, we treat them more like a resource. Now, yes, they're not still treated as people because they are considered a lower class. But. It's not something like a piece of furniture where you're just going to go, ah, eh, it's broken, throw it away. Right. Um, no, this is this is a, a part of the functioning dynamic of this household. And if there's something, you know, if that person's injured, we're going to get them healed. We're going to get them fixed. We're going to get them taken care of because that's a part of, part of the, the working household. And I think that's how we approached it. Um, am I wrong? No, not at all. And, and, you know, one of the other things we do, we used it as a backdrop when – there was a, um, a a part of the adventure, the campaign that took place in that particular part of the world. Mm-hmm. So it was a backdrop with not a lot of detail put it, into it. Right. It was something that happens there, but it wasn't yeah. like the, the forefront. The forefront was it was a city. A city functions like any other city. And the underlying tone of the workforce was revolved around slavery. It wasn't one of those where you have these massive corrals of people and, you know, some of the other, you know, people say, oh, say, well, it's going to be like Planet of the Apes type deal. There's a corral full of humans and we're going to, you know, just sell them off one by one. That's not the way it was handled. Uh, it, yeah. It was, it was more, everything was done more personable. And I, and I think, too, when the topic was at the forefront, it was usually related to a piece of the, piece of the adventure, a, a scenario um, that was part of the larger component where there was um, party was railing against that practice. Well, that and they also came across the the small group that was rebelling and have removed themselves one way or another 
from them. And it wasn't that they're, oh, well, they're a runaway slave. We need to seek them out. It's like they no longer wish to do that. Well, we're not going to provide them any resources, but, hey, if that, that's what they want to do, then go ahead. That's what they want to do. But you can't live in the city. Go figure something out. And they weren't persecuted because they were removed from the, the position that they were at. And I, th- I think that's a lot, too, is there wasn't the persecution there, the, the run them down, they're escaped type deal. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't the torture, and a lot of those are the two big atrocities that go along with this. Yeah, those those and, really touchy, yes. I mean, the whole topic itself. The whole topic, but yeah, but. with the, the topic within the topic. And like I said, it became a, a, a subplot as opposed to the plot. Yes. So, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, we we have a little racism. We have racism. Uh, there are some races, uh, some in our you know in our uh, world that just don't get along with others. They they don't. Some some races do, other races don't. I mean, immediately, uh, or orcs are are a player race in our world. That yes. we have in our world, and they they live above ground, um, and they're not evil. No. Um, and they tend to get along with the Empire of Swords, which doesn't get along with many people. The Empire of Swords is is run by uh, a, a particular subspecies of elves, and they dislike... Pretty much everybody. And pretty much everybody, <laughs> right? They dislike, they distrust, they're very xenophobic, but they tend to get along with the orcs. They tend to get along with the uh, the giants that live live to the to the north. Um, the Karovarans are, are, are dwarves. They don't like the Theranasi from the Empire of Swords, but they sometimes get along with the Prenigines, which are humans, but they don't really like them or trust them either. Yeah, I think the, the trust thing, it's not to say they dislike them, they distrust them. There is um, There are stereotypes that are held by certain um certain nations and peoples in the world um, that are not parallel to anything in the real world. Um, but they're just, they're there because of, for, for the same reason, there's stereotypes everywhere, right? Absolutely. La- lack of knowledge, lack of, lack of education, lack of interaction. Um, and misinformation. And misinformation. And I, and, and I think, I think that stereotype is probably the underlying issue with racism. Yeah. All right. You see one, person of that race and you just assume because of the stories you've heard they're all like that right and i think that's where racism stems from is stereotype stereotypes there are a number of the like the adventures more oftenly than not do not fit into that stereotype that's why they're adventures they don't get along with everyone else because they're not like everyone else if our caravan doesn't get along with all the other caravans because he's probably not acting like a caravan so he's all right. I don't get along with people. I'm going to go see if I can find someone who does get. I do get along, and they go out and they adventure. So now the world sees this caravan. They hear about them, and now they're being racist against this one caravan, and vice versa, because the caravan has been heard nothing about the Valenesi elves, and well, well, that's the way they all are, and they're not, because that's the stereotype, and that was the basis of most racism is the stereotypes. Yeah, and. And it makes for it makes for good storytelling at the gaming table. I, re- I remember having a character that Lou's character didn't like because of, well, it was like it was it was like racial tensions. There was, was a cultural lack of tru- difference. Yeah, big cultural, cultural differences, yeah. and and they they became um, 
fast friends. I think the most di- diverse group you'll ever run across is probably an adventuring party. Very much so. Um, like I said, because a lot of times there's that particular individual is stepping away from the stereotype of the rest of it, of his people or her people. So yeah, we've, 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 uh, racism is something that is addressed a lot, but not necessarily as I hate you because you're an elf. We, there's right. not a lot of that. It's like, I don't understand you because you're an elf and your ways are so different than mine that I don't know if I can truly accept you. And then as time goes on, you realize, all right, maybe those, the points of view are slightly different, but everyone's opinion of food is usually good. Now you're eating that food because that's what you grew up on. I'm not going to touch that because that's elven food. Okay. I'm hungry. So I'm going to eat food and all right, maybe this stuff isn't all so bad after all. And yeah, that's yeah. very, very simplified, but some in most cases, it's like that. It is exactly like that. At least I remember a scenario that we had where the cultural difference with food ended up being kind of bad because one- Mortal? Group, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, make sure you get uh, lose uh, food preferences before you invite them to dinner. And and how we handled this stuff was there were, there were no uh, racial slurs. Correct. Which even even if they're even if they're made up, I just find it distasteful. I don't know why, but it's just a um it's just nasty. So we, we left any any real or fabricated uh racial, racial slurs, slurs out and, of it. And to our table's credit, no one invented anything. R- right. Right. I think there was one instance where someone tried to get something started and I think in, you know, in character someone else goes, is that really necessary? And kind of called them out on it right there on the spot and it was immediately quelled, but I think it was that one and only time uh and then from that point on and, I, and we're talking that was probably maybe year 4 or 5 I'm thinking out of the 12 and it hasn't happened since and still to this day and even on our other tables things like that don't happen. Right. And I think it's it's when you get into things like the 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 violence that often accompanies racism mm-hmm. and the words, you know, when you eliminate those two things, you can handle the topic. Yeah, because then it just becomes distrust. Yeah, not necessarily. I call it hate, dislike, at the strongest. I simply don't like them. I'm not going to travel with him. Why? You can't trust those people. Yeah, I think that was probably the worst thing that anyone said. You can't trust those people. Um. And then, they like said, we do game long-term scenarios, years. But by the end of those years, now those the distrust is gone and, and it's the camaraderie has been built you know, amongst races. And, and we were an extremely diversified group. And that, that whole racism that went away, but then the group was being stereotyped or the individuals by the group, the, the different nations that they were encountering after that. So it didn't go away. It just went away in, in the dynamic of the group. But now you have an entire group supporting one another as they went in. And it's like, well, uh, that person can't come through the gates. They're going to have to stay in the jail until we can prove that they're, they're not, you know, as bad as all the others. And the group stands in front and goes, no, I don't think so. Yeah, we have, we have one, one race in particular that nobody in the world seems to like because they're something of a nuisance race. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, at, d- on purpose. You on know, pur- we, yes. And we, they're, and they're playful and childlike and, and it's like, well, they're, they're innocent until you get to know them and you realize that they're, you know, if you shaved a bunch of the fuzzy little gremlins and mix just a little bit of the scaly little gremlin, 
put them in a cute outfit and set them loose. Yeah, that's what you're contending with. But I, I think with them, it's even more distrust. It is yes. most mostly distrust yes. and lack of understanding. Exactly. Yep. 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 Um, you know. You know what's. You know who's. You know who's a huge racist, and it's really disappointing. And I just realized this not long ago. Do the, tell, Doctor McCoy. I rewatched all the. Oh, Doctor! Yeah, huge, huge race, huge. You green-blooded, inhuman. I'm like bones. <laughs> uh, this is this does not hold up well in 2021. Um, yeah, he was a huge racist. Yeah, uh, big big disappointment. But uh, uh, again, him and Spock became fast friends. Yep. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if that meant he could get away with what he said, um, but. Or maybe the whole, you know, remember yeah. just before he went into the dilithium chamber yeah, was a way was a way to to nullify the previous <laughs> several decades of racism. But then again, Vulcans have no feelings. They have feelings; they just don't show them. Which means they don't have any feelings. That is not true. That Anyways, not true. let's move away from Star Trek. I I, I studied let's, the Kolinar on Vulcan. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can't wait for the one month pond far where we could have a little peace and quiet. <laughs> Neither can I. Or in his case, palm far. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> ah, Luke can cut that for you. Yeah. All right, so. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to the next one. Yeah, violence. I got to say, I love a good violent D&D game. I I like my I like my D&D games kind of like every Conan story ever written just a savage amount of violence in there. I well, want some good Well, fights. there's a difference between violence and combativeness. You know, there's combative. Violence I I in my opinion, um violence is forcing yourself or your beliefs in a physical form most more often or something that's harmful and detrimental to somebody else, whether they want it or not. Yeah. I mean, that sums up our table nicely. Yes. Uh, uh, if you, if you can't defend yourself, it's not a combat, you know, it's violence. It is someone, you know, oppressing another person in a harmful physical fashion or, or a severely mental fashion that does them, you know, permanent, sometimes irreparable harm. And you know, where as opposed to being combative, yeah, our, our players are are both. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. your stuff isn't safe. Well, around our players, you got to remember. You know, our groups do, we do use a lot of these as subplots, uh, underlying tones to kind of build the drama. So when you open that door, you have to expect your players to walk through it, and they will use this as every player should to their advantage. So they're either going to embrace it in a way to blend in with the other people and, you know, temporarily, hopefully, um, and get to a point where they need to do what they need to do and then back out again or uh, like Conan, you know, throws on in the, the, you know, uh, robe and holds up the two-headed, you know, idol with the sun and the moon above with two serpents facing one another to get into the you know, into closer to kill who he needs to kill. Yeah, to hack off James Earl Jones' yes. head and throw him down the steps. It would be horrible because he wouldn't be able to do the lifetime of voiceovers. Uh, voiceovers. Yeah, like the Arby's commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but, y- 
it's some sometimes they you know well not sometimes our players always will pick up the mantle, even if it's just for a short while. Yeah, and use some of this not usually against you, but use it to an advantage of theirs. So if you're going to present this, be ex- expect them to use it back on you, including violence. Yeah, and we um well I am when I run the table I be violent. Um, and that's just how I handle it. And the players, I don't hand it, handle it delicately. Um, because well, our group in particular, I think they know boundaries pretty well. They've been established over the, you know, I said our, our week long getaway is a dozen years old, but we gamed for several years before that with a large number of this group yeah. before we consolidated them. It was like a, maybe two, three little small groups that several of us floated between and they floated between the other groups. And so we all knew each other for the most part. And we, under our banner at the time where we had our, our own gaming group, we can kind of consolidate it. It became the big thing that it did. So I, you probably say good of 20 years for the majority of these people, yeah. if not longer for some of others. So yeah, the boundaries were pretty much already set. By both you and I, as 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 we both game mastered over the last several decades, I've and I, I like I like that Wizards of the Coast put out an adventure that doesn't require any sort of combat. I think that's good. I think being able to handle some situations socially, as opposed to with 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 violence or or, or combat or whatever have you, is is good. But I just I like a good old fashioned. Melee. That's, I like the, that's the old school battles, at us. That's know? the old school yeah. at us. Yep. Just get up there and just beat the shit out of something. Yeah. It's some of my favorite parts of the, the Lord of the Rings, both the book and the movie were, you know, the big, the big battles, you know, Helm's Deep or even, um, you know, when, when, um, when Boromir fell, which. Yeah. That, that was probably one of the yeah, best, it, you know, it, it was it was small personal, but that had to be that was an epic battle. It, it was it was it was glorious, and uh, men the world over wept as he fell to his knees, yep. you know, pierced with arrows. But he, uh, you know, he fought the fight like a big old badass. That's yep. that's cool. I mean, talking your way through stuff. Uh, I mean, that's that that's cool. I mean, if if you're a Picard fan. <laughs> uh but if if you're a, a a Kirk fan and and Cork if you happen to be a Janeway fan, right? Uh whooping a little bit of ass is way cooler to watch than Lou, than six the minutes six minutes and twenty two seconds since the last Star Trek reference. Uh, yep. Yep. I told you it's gonna be one of those episodes. <laughs> See, I embrace the violence. Yeah. Right? It, embrace it. it. Well yeah. It's your game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> violence is probably uh out of all of these is probably the the lesser of the group. Yeah. Because it's it's the easiest to manage well, w- I, without really offending people. I Number one, the game is really built on violence. If it that is. wasn't the case, you wouldn't have any swords or magic. Right. Well, violent, you just, there you go. Well, you wouldn't need weapons. Right. You wouldn't need weapons. Um, uh, what are you going to do? I'm casting rainbow. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to counter with butterfly cloud. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, now we're my, yeah, we're, yeah, my yeah, little my, pony my episode. Pretty pony and yeah, care just, bears. Um, it, it, there's a difference between violence and torture. Yes. Yes. And Even I think torture and I, is violent. There's it, a, yes, uh, there's a distinction there. And I think maybe, um, kind of violence parentheses torture where you, you stay away from the torture. There's, there's really no need for that. You can, you can, um, uh, suggest it. And fade to black. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. sounds in the other room, screams, uh, things like that, where you know you can pretty safely assume what's going on, but you don't need to go into detail and describe torture. No, and I, and I no, think you, you I think vi- violent that type of violence is is unnecessary. Absolutely, it it, it is unnecessary. Um, there is a lot of violence that, you, like you said, you're going to have to include. Yeah, there is going to be the monster that just picks up a party member and tears him in half. Yeah, and that's cool. And starts gnawing on the, you know the innards like he's he's you know popping open a you know a Rolo bar, uh, just. Yeah, the, the stringy ones with the caramel inside. Oh, gee, I love those. Um, They're good, yeah. Well, guess what? Now the party's going to go violent on that creature. Yeah. Uh, there, There's a certain amount of violence that this game, like Lou said, is inherent and it needs to be embraced. Well, that's but, why there's no hug spell. There's no right? hug spell. Yes. Well, you can use command. Oh, look, a piercer. Go and hug him. And that's a different type of hot topic <laughs> when you're using command for that sort of physical contact. There you go. Uh, it has been done, I'm sure. So let's let's move on to the next one, shall we? Religious persecution. Oh, you know that is fodder for a good good story. Uh, religious persecution, right? We've been we've been doing this since we discovered religion, and we're still doing it today, and will for a very long and, time. Yes, forever and ever and ever. And we've talked about a lot of these as like eh, you know don't. Don't include these in your game, and, and here we are being hypocrites because we yes, do. Because we do. Um, because we are fortunate where we have a group that understands yeah. that, and we will tell them. You know, I don't think. Well, at, we're at the point now where we don't have to tell them at session zero. This is what's going to happen. They will see it they coming, know. but they they know it's stuff like this because we do use these, and but they know how to go about it without being, again, the the racial slurs, which is. Huge, where this become religious slurs, yeah, uh, derogatory um, parallels, stuff like it, it, we don't we don't use those, we don't. It just they they're obviously being persecuted because of their religion. Yeah, and the political climate to the north is one of religious persecution. Oh, in our in our world, yes, very much so. You know the. Uh, the empire that lives to the north is trying to expand and push their religion on the giants and the bordermen, and there's there's constant resistance and pushback on on that on their behalf. Well, it's a fair amount of this, and and I think you said it perfectly. Religious persecution often goes hand in hand with the demographic of the ruling governments, R- right. You know, one usually it would like our kingdom up in the north. Very much so. It is a, a uh, theocracy. Yes. Uh, and that's pretty much the same. You know, it, the government is the religion and vice versa. There's, to a lesser degree, in the seeds of the world, in our world, uh, it's more governmental than religious, but... They're still somewhat hand in hand because every one of those little island nations has its own basic type of religion. They're similar, but not exact. So it's it's more the the governmental than the religious, where it becomes undertone, where it's the other way around in the kingdom up north. Yes, and and that's the that's the backdrop for adventures in that area. You know, that's how it's how it's used, and you may you may encounter um, excursions from the kingdom of light up there into the, the deeper North. Right. Um, and, and usually they've started much in the same way that 
uh, religious persecution had in parts of Europe where missionaries were sent. No, thank you. We're not interested. And then, you know, military. Yes, right uh, behind going, yes, you are interested. Yeah. And we're going to help you realize that. And it's not, there's no parallels. I think this is this is where it it is manageable. There's no parallels with any, like, real world religions. Well, when we, when we built the world, we purposely went out of our way to make sure there was no direct parallels. We would, even when we built the races, when we built the religions, when we, and when we built the governmental bases and the, you know, we would take two, three, sometimes four that were similar and blend them together. Or even a couple that were dissimilar and blended them together and said, this would be work well because of the geographical location of where, where they are in the world. Uh, the type defenses they have, their neighbors. We took all this into consideration when we slowly built, and as we were building, it evolved as well. So even from our where our beginning point, where it ended up was usually fairly different than where we started, because it yeah. matured as we built it and as new new influences were in, introduced. All right. Well, if if this culture down here, their religion's this. Um, how would that influence the ones to the north or the south, east, west? And then we indoctrinated that dynamic into the religion of that one nation as well. And when we got done, that's where we ended up. And the the secluded yep. corner of the north where the Holy Kingdom of Light was, that was a perfect spot for this type, you know, uh, theocracy to build. Because it had all the dynamics and their neighbors who pretty much left them alone. So they could build. And so the military was very easily a- able to spread until they got started starting to get towards the heart of the other nations where they were pushed back. And the pushback is where it really said, oh, no, 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 wait. No, you, you have to understand, we're, look how big we are. We must be right because we're so large. And their borders got pushed back, and that condensed that ideal. Yeah, and I, I think what made it work in, in all, the, all the instances in, in our homebrew world was it was obvious we weren't making um, a statement for or against any real world religion. Absolutely. So, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't going to be and purposefully So because the, the, the object is not to give offense to right. anyone. Yeah. You won't find Nazis anywhere in our world. No, you just simply won't. Uh, people may try to find parallels and there are some parts that may see, oh, okay, yep. That, um, that looks just like that. Yes, that one little segment does. That one little segment. Because it's easy to make parallels when you're dealing with religious persecution. There is a lot of it that's been going on for a long time. And no matter what part of our world you look at, that little part of religious persecution, you're going to find a parallel for that moment. Or that little segment. But not for the overall sweeping ideals of our of our world. So, And that's how we dealt with the religious persecution. And it... And, in no way, I mean, we haven't gone, we have never have, and I don't, I know we never will, push to the level of, like, genocide. No. You know, or or, or something in that grand of a scale. It Again, it becomes, instead of a dislike or an, a distrust from one t- person to another, it's one nation to another. Yeah. And it's just a topic that is... Again, it, again it's more of an underlying topic as yeah. opposed to the forefront, the, the primary plot. And that's how you go about handling that a little bit on the the more delicate side. Let's talk about evil because evil is alive and well in our campaign world. There's, there's good and there's evil. 
Yes, there is. And I firmly stand by evil being okay in your fantasy world. And and there's some beings that you're going to meet that are just, they're all evil. They're all evil. There's no nice ones. And they're not going to be player characters. Right. They're not. It's... It's, it's monsters, monsters and NPCs, because there has to be an opponent, there has to be a dichotomy. There, there does. You, you, you won't be able to recognize good without evil. Exactly. And some beings just are, and that's the way it is for our world. If it's not, if it's not a thing you you like or embrace or see a need for, certainly don't include it. In, in yours, we're not telling you you're wrong, but in ours, there are some beings that are just, they're evil. They're evil through and through, and that is their purpose. Yeah, by design. By design, that is their purpose. That you know, Are they out to burn the world? Absolutely, and if it burns them with it, great. Yeah. That's the goal. We have an entity that is responsible for the majority of the monsters being created in the in in, yes. in the world. One and individual all evil. Yeah, one individual. And they're all, and, and she is the epitome thereof. And it and it works. Yep. And don't get us wrong, we don't have just good and evil. There's one hundred and forty four shades of gray in between. Yeah. And we touch on them all. And it's and it's not really none of our races of people are strictly evil, right? So yes. our orcs are not evil. They're neither good nor they're evil. They're individuals who are aligned, however that particular Individuals individual are. is. And they run this the spectrum just like every other society and every yeah. other individual in, in any other society. There are some that are out to for the betterment of the people. There's out, some of them out for the betterment of themselves. And there's some that just don't give a crap about anybody, and there's some that love everybody. It runs the full gamut. Aside from the, the, the shell on the outside, you change the shell and call it human, and everyone's okay with it. You throw, throw an orc, and everyone's, well, a lot of your older gamers will look at an orc going, well, they're obviously evil. They're an orc. Yeah. And that's not true. Not in our world. No, not, not in our world. Um, they're just a, by our standards, a less than attractive person. Yeah, I don't know. Some orc women, though, you know? Well, it's like yeah. Klingon yeah. women. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, you know, the tusks give you it's something the, to hang it, on to, I guess. It's the cranial ridges. That's it. It's all about the cranial Umox. ridges. <laughs> so include evil in your world. It's good, right? There's uh, good very seldom triumphs over evil in the real world, right? The good guys the good guys never win. <laughs> they just they don't have the resources. No, not anymore. No. So in your in your fantasy world... Embrace the evil so your good guys can can triumph over that. And that and that's kind of the the hallmark of ever since the way since the very beginning, when you're you're playing characters, more often than not, you're playing a good guy. Or at least a shade of good. Yeah. Trying to overcome something or someone. And you can't do that unless there's something to overcome. And it makes it it makes it easy to include evil if you don't if you don't represent any real world individuals. Yeah, stay as away from your, that. you know, your evil evil beings or or, or whatever have you. Um, you know, the, keep keep a distance between between that and 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 your evil, and it won't offend. With one exception, 
with one exception. Con! He was <laughs> he was misunderstood. <laughs> it goes without saying that some people can and will be offended by one or several of these subjects. It is not our intention to make light of any of these subjects. But during history, all of these have occurred and are still a problem society needs to address to this day. To ignore that these issues go on is, in my opinion, embracing ignorance. If and when tackling these issues, and without glorifying them, remember that the battle between good and evil needs both sides. And in our world, though it may sometimes take a while, good always triumphs over the world's atrocities. And that's five hot topics that are alive and well in our homebrew campaign world. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.